Welcome to Newsworthy with Norisworthy. Get ready for some awesome. <laughs> All right, friends, welcome back to the show. Today we have retor- returning to the podcast, Mr. Rob Bell. Welcome back. Yeah, it's good to be back in Texas, virtually. It, you know, <laughs> it would be better if you were literally here in Texas. Well, we're not doing any of that nowadays, are no. we? When was the last time you were in Texas? Last year for the Introduction to Joy tour. Mm. Dallas. You had a Dallas and San Antonio stop, didn't you? San Antonio. You didn't come to Austin. I'm not like bitter about that. I'm just stating the fact. You, that is correct. You didn't come to Austin. That is correct. Yeah. How many of, so three stops in Texas, how many of those three stops did you make your, uh, I like to come to Texas because I like to travel international jokes? Are you still hitting that joke up pretty strong? I'll tell you where that joke crushes. Uh, Not Texas. Small towns in England. <laughs> Ipswich. Yeah. Cheltenham. Yeah. St. Helens. Like Scotland. They like that one. Oh, they get it. They, That's the thing about it. Yeah. They get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. It does okay. That's good. It does okay in, it does fine in Texas, but you get outside of Texas and you get overseas and then just kills. <laughs> kills. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. But you haven't been doing any of the overseas traveling. None of that for the last half year. My family, there's five of us. We've been in our house for a half of a year. Have you ranked which of your family members is your favorite yet? Because after five months concealed. Yeah, the, well, actually, there's six of us because there's a dog. The oh. amount of... <laughs> is, I guess the dog's in the ranking, is The it? amount of philosophical discussions we have about how awesome the dog has been during Mm. this because the dog only knows presence yesterday today Mm. all you people whatever's going on no i'm here i've only ever been here you know what i mean yeah so we have on a regular basis i mean the whole family is in like somebody's room just talking about the dog (laughs) that great Uh, yeah i was just thinking this morning i've always been a dog person um but I've appreciated my dog more now over the last six months yes. than I ever have before. This specific dog. Yes. So. Yes. And mm-hmm. you start, to, the, the dog can only be here. And the dog yeah. has zero uh, regret, zero worry about the, like the, the dog is like the master, the master teacher. Yeah. Come on, people. We can only That's- be here. We can only trust that when we need food, there'll be food. When we need whatever mm-hmm. we need, we'll have it. Otherwise, come on, just be. So, are you are you walking the dog more? Are you like what activity every besides morning, not traveling? Every evening, and every morning the dog walk is the first thing I do, and it includes this mantra: "Everything we need for today, we will have." Hmm. Let's just remember. Just remember, because you know, some days you wake up and you're like, "Oh, great, okay, here we're gonna make." And some days you're like, oh, there's a global pandemic. There's massive social upheaval. There's been these forest fires. So for a while, we couldn't go outside because of air quality. So on what planet do you need to wear a mask for two reasons? Do you know what I mean? So on that morning, you got to be... Give me that mantra again. Everything you need, you will have. It'll be there when you need Mm. it. Did you come up with that or did you get that from someone else? That's about 10,000 years old of human wisdom yeah, in one sentence. Yeah, about to say. Um, so the, 
Yeah, yeah that's actually actually just genuinely, truly helped. Like mm-hmm. all these places you can't go, all of these things you can't do, mm-hmm. all of like, yeah, you'll be okay. You'll be fine. There's a line by Joan Chittister that I probably read six years ago that has just stuck with me. And it goes like this in this moment or in, in this moment is the essence of everything glorious I've been given in life. And it's enough. Oh. Woo. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. That might be something that is a uh, particular message that us Enneagram sevens might need to remember more so than the other types. Mm. But uh, I think everyone has, has a bit of that they need. Absolutely. Okay, you got a new book. Title is Everything is Spiritual. <laughs> Look at you. I heard this. Look at you. I heard this. This is a I podcast, he- so people don't have the video, they just have the audio, but you're like, your arms are folded. You like, you leaned back, you took a deep breath. Okay. Okay. Right? Let's Apparently do this. that was warm up. I'm just looking at that you. Just, going, we were just yeah. warmed up because now he's ready to go. No, we're not talking about dogs anymore. We're not talking walking and COVID. Like, we, we've all heard enough about dogs and COVID. Let's talk about this book, which is not something new for you to talk about. Like, everything is spiritual. Like, you've been saying this to us for a long, long, long time. Long time. And so I heard that as a title. And I thought, this has to be, like, Rob Bell 101. Like, this is his life's work. And then so when I pick up the book to read it, I didn't actually pick up the book. I read a digital copy of it. I was like, oh, of course, this has to be the title of The Life of Rob Bell because this is a book in which you get far more autobiographical than on any other book you've done before. Yeah, it's like ripping my heart open. Mm -hmm. Like, where does all this come from? Here's where it came from. All those ideas about the cosmos and the heart and what we're doing. This is how we got there. And then it's a whole mm-hmm. story about things going wrong and awkward and strange moments and disjointed mm-hmm. half, you know what I mean? It, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you feel like this one ripped your heart open in a way that the other, the previous 10 didn't? Yes. Ripped, uh, actually ripped isn't the best word because that implies resistance or force as opposed to just, just open. That was actually the mantra writing the book. I just kept what opens the heart. What happened next? What did you learn? Um, In some ways, it was sinking down from head into heart. And Hmm. there was something, a whole series of events that was like, heart said to mind, you serve me. Because I came from this tradition that's stuck in its head. Mm -hmm. Make sure you get it arranged properly in your brain. Make you know, belief, yeah. thinking, correctness, right or wrong. It's almost like, I mean, you can go, like, you just think about 400 years of the Reformation. It's like a whole, I just came from a whole lineage that's in many ways stuck in its head. And mm-hmm. so there was something about uh, uh, some sort of tipping within me, deep in my bones, mm-hmm. like, so, so that's so the book had the book the, imp, the the energetic imprint of the book. There's a feeling there because um, mm. you're reading it. At least when I was writing it and interacting with it with people, there's a feeling like you, Luke. You're going to be okay. All the stuff that's happening, all the messes, all the 
falling down a flight of stairs, all the uh-huh. all the things you're like, what the fuck? What, what do I do with that? There's something in all of it. There's a pulse. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like a frequency, like a, and it's hovering there, waiting that even that stuff, the stuff you most want to repress, deny, avoid. There's something in it. Go into it because you see what I'm saying? It's like a feeling. I, I'd literally had that experience. I finished the book. I walk out. My wife is in the kitchen, and I say to her, Lindsay, there's this thing that I've been afraid of. Like, who, who am I going to be in 20 years? I'm kind of terrified of what that's going to look like because I don't know. And I feel like, okay, this is going to be okay because the universe is expanding and it's inviting me to expand as well. That literally is the conversation I have with my wife as soon as I finish reading the book on Sunday. Yeah, Uh, that's what I wanted the book to feel like life feels. So that's why things repeat and there's these disjointed sections and there's some sections where there's like five stories that don't seem to be related to each other. It's almost like a constellation of images that together mm-hmm. make a thing you know what i'm saying and then it loops yeah. back and then there's that whole thing about sex at the end that's like what the what what is what are we i thought we were landing and now we're taking off like mm-hmm. i wanted it to feel like this whole experience we're having feels um but there's a, 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 a an odd upside down goodness just a millimeter below the surface of all this stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. The Kindle version made it appear as though there are no chapters Correct. in the book. Correct. Or table of contents. And I read that halfway through, I realized, oh, there's no chapters in this. <laughs> halfway, like, I didn't realize until halfway through. And then I realized, I know exactly what he's doing. Like, I, I, I get exactly what you're trying to say. What? Well, for me, you're, you're trying to say, like, the title is Everything is Spiritual. And part of what you're saying is, like, this all is connected. This all goes together. So to say that this is, okay, this is act one and act two and then act three, like as though they're not all intertwined, I think would somehow be counterintuitive to what I'm hearing. You would be putting a template. It would be an arbitrary template on something that is in motion. Take a picture of the atom, take a picture of the atom a millisecond later, you'll have a different picture. And that's the building block of creation. Like the whole thing is mm-hmm. energy and relationships. It isn't what it is. That's why you have to keep dying in order to be resurrected. You have to keep letting yeah. go of what it was. You can hold on to what it is, but that, what it is is already gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's yes. always moving. It's, it, it's going yes. somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I, I've heard it said that all theology is autobiography. You, you tell me who you think God is, and I think it'll tell me who you actually are. Yeah, and all doctrine began with mysticism. Somebody, yeah. somewhere, had an unmediated experience of the infinite. Mm-hmm. And then they tried to give language to that experience. And mm-hmm. generations later, you have the language divorced from the experience. Yeah, and then you end up dissecting butterflies. Exactly. And that just doesn't work. Yeah. Okay, so you get to the part of the book where, you know, Rob starts reading science books. You're mid-30s? Is that kind of when you start? Yeah, early 30s. Go, yeah, early, early 30s. 30s. Okay. And uh, as someone who's followed your work, you're like, okay, this was inevitably going to become a science book at some point. Inevitably. Like, if you're having Rob tell his story, we're going to get science in there. <laughs> and so you have this line. You said the universe has been expanding for over 13 billion years. 
and we never stop being invited to expand along with it. And so like that's your like that's what you're trying to say. Well, as I hear you tell your story, that's what I feel like I'm picking up. Mm-hmm. It's like this isn't this is you constantly expanding and changing as the universe has invited you to go with it. Right? Absolutely. So you think about you go through a painful experience. What do you do with that painful experience? Because you've also had experiences of euphoria, joy, meaning, peace, serenity. Mm-hmm. So but in there is also that painful traumatic experience. So you either stuff it, avoid it, repress it, project it onto somebody else, or you expand and that experience sits side by side within you. Mm -hmm. And so you don't need to resolve them. You don't need, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That doubt, that rage, that anger, that betrayal, it sits side by side with all the other experiences. So you, 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 that pain either makes you smaller or it makes you bigger. You either constrict or you open up. Yeah, yeah. and that's what the universe has been doing for a really long time. No wonder yeah. all of our moments of greatest joy, connection, involve some sort of expansion. We discover that, oh, those people who were the other are just like us. Or yeah. we, we experience some sense of connection or bonding because we're actually in, we're in line, we're in alignment with what the whole thing has actually been doing. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't always expand the way that we would imagine it to expand, or as we'd expect it to expand, like always up and to the right. <laughs> there, there's a line at the end of the book where you're talking about going to, uh, to do shows at Largo, which is this comedy club, is it fair to say comedy club, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, or is it more, I don't know what Largo and you're doing shows for two, 300 people. Mm-hmm. Right. And the, earlier in the book, you talked about how at, at Mars it was at one time, what was the, the, it was like the fastest growing church in America, which there, is that, do you get a coffee cup when that happens or it's such like a, a ridiculous, I put that in there just to, like how surreal the experience was. That's so unbelievably ridiculous and not the point and such a yeah. dumb thing to even but then somebody like their, their job is to, to, to job. make these sort of statements. Like, what a, a world that's completely lost its way. Like, just what yeah. an absurd what. The, so part yeah. of it was just for people to feel like the sort of trippy, s- swirly discombobulation of being in a world where there was somebody making those sorts of statements Doing that. and other people like giving that like a thing. yeah. <laughs> it almost reminds me of when Snoop Dogg, as you're often compared to, when Snoop Dogg got his. Uh, like star on the walk of fame or something. And he does the speech and he says, I want to thank me for me. (laughs) It's this great speech, which you have to go. He knows this is ridiculous. Like he, he has to know somewhere that this is just ridiculous. And when the guy gives out fastest current, that has to be really okay. So that's one, one part. Uh, You have another part where you're Largo doing shows for, for what would have been a tiny fraction of the groups that you were speaking to before. And, the end of the line, or at the end of the section, there's this line. You go, "This was always where it was headed." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. was always where it was, he- which is the, not up and to the right according to some metrics for where things should be headed. Yeah. How how is that always where it was headed? Because it looks like that's not where it was headed to some people who looked at your career and your work. There, yeah, yeah, right. That first Largo show was like okay. 
what does a what does spiritual teaching look like in this space? Mm-hmm. What does it? Sarah Silverman was the night before. Mm-hmm. Bo Burnham is tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Judd Apatow is the following. Like this, something a very interesting thing happens in this space. Uh, it's and 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 Largo is where a lot of people who are making things try out new stuff. Yeah. Um, and so, and and that first show, I remember that first show I was doing. I was trying out some new things and just the feeling of ex- exploration, the feeling of experimenting, the feeling of mm-hmm. that would have been 2000 fall of 15 in 2015 in Los Angeles. How, how do I talk about this section from Psalm 91 hmm. in this space in a way that opens up something? Yeah. 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 I don't, like I don't know if you, form, if, like the art form at the, like the, like I was something about taking the art form into new spaces. I don't know if you're familiar that there was originally a place called Mars Hill in ancient Greece. <laughs> and <laughs> right. I know where you're headed with this. And, and what they would do there is there would be a lot of people who would exchange different ideas that weren't. And so when Paul was at Mars Hill, he kind of was doing something not in a church venue, but in a different space. Yeah. How, how, so the, in honestly, some ways, it was going. reclaiming the Mars Hill of Mars Hill because the first Mars Hill, okay, the second Mars, okay, the Mars Hill I did <laughs> was in West Michigan, which is a super, super religious environment. Mm-hmm. So it was not actually very Mars Hill ish, according no. to the actual first one. Yes. Yes. But this was actually reclaiming that at mm. some level, which was always yeah. the thing. Yeah. Which was always what was interesting to me. Which mm-hmm. was always what I was drawn to. So, one of the things I loved about the way you tell the story is obviously you're connecting who you were to all the things around you, to your family of origin, yeah. to the family that you were born into. And so, early Rob is you know, starting Mars Hill, doing that work. And you talk about, like, obviously, as a seven, like, I I hear this, but here's your language, just work, 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 whatever you do, just keep going, stay a step ahead of the ache, which, side note, isn't that the right thing to do? I feel like you're in there, and like, I I feel like he should be prescribed, like, this is the right thing to do, isn't it? Um, But you do some soul work, and (laughs) you, you, you realize that that might not be the healthiest thing to do, and that there's anger underneath the surface, and you recall a story about Eileen, that's your, your grandma. Yeah. On your dad's side? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And there's a story about her and she, her being asked, what have you done today to earn your keep? Yeah. How many of us keep going? We push the ache away. We keep going. We have this anger, whatever. To answer that simple question of, why is it right for me to be here? Yeah. What did you do today to earn your keep? Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and I wanted people to feel that uh, there's this line in the book, we come from somebody, we come from some bodies. Like we, mm-hmm. we like stumbled onto the stage in the play, like the second or third act. There's already, there's already a plot that's been unfolding. A child is not a blank slate. Like we came yeah. into this and it's already in motion and we've, hand, we've been handed a number of things. And it's like we spend our lives 
discovering what shaped us um, yeah. in all sorts of different ways. And so I wanted people to feel when we say everything is spiritual, we're talking about the depth of all of this. Mm-hmm. So we're endlessly discovering how all of this shaped us. Oh, that's what that is. Oh, yeah. that's how that got there. Got it. Got mm. it. Yeah. Because for many people, the word spiritual is disembodied. It's evacuation, leaving here. It's almost ephemeral, like non-material. It's, it's like something you can't, as opposed to the depth of all the blood, sweat, tears, ache, soil, food, bones, skin of life. Yeah. That's what spiritual yeah. is. Spiritual, we, we leave the spiritual to go into the real world. We, <laughs> right? Like we, everyone has a secular job, but we need to get spiritual for a minute and say a prayer, right? Like, so it's, it's, I have, I have just come with a sledgehammer to such thinking because it splits the world up and it cuts people off. So I tell mm-hmm. about that first church that I worked in when they did a survey to find out how important people's spiritual lives were to them. Like, as opposed to like this giant thing that I'd, first worked in kept this duality in place it was actually actively working to keep everything split yeah there's real life and then there's you know you can't almost like optional it's like a la carte would you like some of the spiritual things some people are into that as if this is like an option or some people find this interesting but other people uh this just keeps a whole way of viewing things in play that is it's just a recipe for despair. Yeah. It's like guacamole. Like, do you want to add some guacamole? To your, now, uh, guacamole is truly transcendent. I don't think anyone should disagree with that. But it, it's something that you can add or not add. Like, you, you're going to pay a little extra for it, but you don't have to have it. <laughs> uh, no one's ever connected what I said to what you said. But anyway, it was good. I stand behind it. Like, I feel like that is the right thing to say. I don't know what, a better way to articulate that. So feel free. You can use that. You don't even have to quote me on it. So early Rob is doing this work in the church confines where you're so driven. You've got this desire. I, I can't slow down. I can't feel the ache. And you go to a therapist or, or you go to a counselor. You go to a yeah. spiritual director. Yeah. And they realize, and they help you see that there's anger underneath the surface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which uh, I, I assume comes from a few of the critics that you in, uh, entertained along the way. Um, I thought if people didn't know early. I think this was, that was before any of that stuff really kicked in. Really? So you, maybe it was in there. Where's that? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember that having anything to do with that. But it was mind blowing. I'll never forget that early thirties. Here, here's like, a line from the book. You say. When you feel like someone wouldn't let you be you, yeah. it strikes at the core of who you are. And the sacred wound can emanate all kinds of action. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've noticed this often interacting with people. They, they found themselves in a space where somebody, uh, something about their true self was crushed or prohibited. Mm-hmm. And because of whatever, the rules, fear, disruption, the script. Um, and so, so you're not feeling that from criticism. That's happened before that. No, happened. yeah, yeah, that was just stuff from way back. Yeah, yeah. no, you no, know, I didn't ever, yeah, critics never, you know, that was just like, well, whatever. 
<laughs> I mean, not whatever, but kind of whatever. <laughs> I got stuff to do here. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing, actually. Um, so that the, the first round of like super intense criticism was like 31, 32 years of age. But I was really fortunate because there was always some folks around who were like, yeah, keep going. Of course, keep going. Mm-hmm. So anytime there was ever a loud people who were loudly protesting, there were, there was also other people going, Oh God, thank God. Um, we were all sort of hunting after it together. Hmm. How old were you when love wins came out? 40, 40. Okay. Yeah. So you had almost a, de- a decade of yeah, slow, yeah. steady yeah, criticism yeah, until yeah, yeah. like that. Love wins was like the, the knobs were, you know, turned up a bit, but it was just more of the same. Yeah. So it was louder and clangier, but yeah, that had been going on for a while. So, so yeah, that was not the, <laughs> I was like, that wasn't the first rodeo. It was just the first <laughs> one at yeah. night under the lights. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> but I had, I've heard had, you that, t- had been, I'd been a decade into that. Just, it was like sort of always there. Gotcha. I've heard you tell the story. I don't know where it was, but you tell a story. You're probably somewhere in the Midwest. You're, you know, walking around town. You're probably doing a show at night. And so you're in this town during the day and a guy walks up to you and says, you're Rob Bell. I really liked your old stuff. Right? Like that's just, I didn't make that up. was that? Right, right, right. I told that somewhere. Oh yeah, that was on, I was on the, the Holy Shift tour. I told that story. I'm trying to think what city that was. Yeah. Oh, this guy follows me in this restaurant. I'm like, what the, what is going on? What's your, what's your name? I was like, it was so awkward. So I just leaned forward and offered my hand like, hi, I'm Rob. He's like, I used to like your old stuff. <laughs> and just walks away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. The need to tell me that. How classic is that? Oh, I like that he, he had to I walk. Like, yeah. Um, that was it. Hmm. Nothing else. Yeah. so your story you're saying like the universe is expanding the universe invites us to expand you're changing you're you're becoming something different you're growing into a new newer and better iterations of yourself however you want to describe that but you have people like that in i i just want to say the guys in oklahoma because it just seems like an oklahoma story to me so you have the guy in oklahoma who says i i I like your old stuff Uh, i I like what you used to do and i had uh your buddy zach on the podcast one time Mm. and we're we're talking about a band like Jimmy, Jimmy World, which has been around like 20 years or so, right? Uh, and they keep putting out music. Like they, they keep doing this, but who they are now, it's not who they were when the middle came out. They're different. And how do you keep your, keep your fans with you as you continue to grow as an artist? And for your work, you continue to expand. And you have some people say, hey, I want you to be this older version of yourself. And you obviously don't feel any need to follow that suggestion how do you find the freedom to just say, it, it's okay if you're going to follow what I continue to do or you're just going to step away from what I do, but I've got to do what I've got to do? Seriously, Luke, it never crosses my mind. It just ne- it doesn't even, even listening to you, I was like, oh, what an interesting question. I've never thought about that. It's not even <laughs> on my radar. Hmm. Uh, Kristen will say to me, she'll like laugh, like you never do other people's ideas like somebody like a suggestion uh, uh, just like bounces off mm-hmm. you should do a thing 
um, once in a while, somebody will say something. I'll go, oh, that's interesting. Like data collecting. Oh, that's interesting. They want, but it has to be something the person is speaking of about the depth of their life. And I'll go, oh, that's interesting. They're talking about that. If you, mm-hmm. if you could speak to that, that might really help that person. It becomes like a, just like it goes in there somewhere. But as, yeah, yeah. as, as far as like, how do you, I don't even know how you would say that. Like how you would keep somebody or what you would, no, it, it that doesn't even, it just, it's only it's just, ever my curiosity about the next thing that I'm, that's like, oh, I should try and make that. Yeah. So somebody when, keeps listening or doesn't, doesn't. Uh, doesn't affect. Yeah. And I do remember going, there's, a, there's another layer to your question. I distinctly remember Kristen and I in our early 20s. I think I talk about in the book. That I knew I that to follow it where it leads, mm-hmm. follow it where follow where it goes, and then do your best to give expression to what you're learning and seeing and experiencing. Yeah. And we distinctly we had numerous talks of because we just noticed other spiritual leaders that wasn't what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. Like it was like like you said, keep the people or keep the job or keep you know what I mean. There was like a and and so. We just, I remember talking in the late 20s. Oh, well, then at some point, if like you get fired or you, they, oh, okay, that just might be part of it. It was literally just made peace with all that. Hmm. Then I'll sell shoes and do it on the side. Um, that was a joke. We had a, because of Spinal Tap. Um, mm-hmm. Then I'll just sell shoes. That was a running joke Kristen and I had. Because it was never, ever like, don't do that because people wouldn't be, um, you know what I mean? Like, because you might, whatever the word is, lose yeah. the people. Or it was that was never the play. <laughs> yeah, you were in Austin. Yeah, couple, think about now. You were in Austin a couple years ago, and I was talking with you. I think before, or after, and you were mentioning how previously the shows that you would have done in Austin were substantially larger. The venues would have been larger that you'd been playing in. And oh, interesting. You said. So what? Like you had that same sort of attitude. You're like nonplussed about it. You're just like, yeah, you're ambivalent. And then you thought, oh, this is exciting. I get to build a new, uh, a new group of people who want to go with me for this journey. It was just like I'm just going to refrain from like making this a negative and just go, oh, there's some, there's some new adventure here in front of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, um, yeah. So let's talk. Let me think about Austin. Yeah, yeah. Prior to Love Wins, touring just kept getting. It just kept growing because when you tour, it grows as a general rule. So touring just grew and grew and grew. And then after Love Wins, I don't think I toured for five years and then was like, okay, let's go back out and do that again. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it was like just starting over. So just just go back to the smaller venue and just start over. Start a new crowd. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a great word. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Here's a line from the book. You said, I, I didn't exactly. have... You had Zach from Jimmy Eat World. Zach, I do remember Zach saying to me at one point, we were having this fascinating conversation. He said something like, people don't ever really like lose an audience and then build a new one. Like that doesn't really happen much. Hmm. Um, you're like going way again. Like that's, we were just talking about the realities of all that. Like, yeah. yeah, 
just kind of like just very matter of factly. But I do just distinctly remember having that conversation with him. It, so I've seen I've seen Jimmy. I, I saw him twenty years ago. And I've seen him multiple times mm-hmm. since then, and they've continued to play the middle, which I assume that's probably their most successful commercial hit. They continue to play that for twenty years. Yeah, it's not like you're getting up and like playing the best part of one of those Numa videos now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all scratch. It's from scratch. Yeah, you can't There's you can't no go hit. back and hit there are no hits. Could you put like one of your kids in one of those like uh, baby Bajorns and carry them around? Like they're pretty tall that now, I assume. But would feel so strange. <laughs> Any attempt to recreate something um, would feel so strange. On a regular basis, I'll go through like this laptop I'm talking to you on. I'll notes I've made about stuff, and I'll delete everything. I'll just I'll just empty the tr- put it all in the trash and every single idea I have about something to make I'll just delete it all any notes in a notebook uh, I think I put twenty notebooks in recycling right before um, recently I'll just oh. I'll completely clear the deck sometimes that happens every that, on a regular basis that sounds terrible doing? to me Look to get your, like like squirmed on that one I'm. I- like I in panic because it like what is the benefit of doing? Like, I think about going back and throwing away old. Like if I look at a sermon that's more than four years old, like I'll like I, I can't do it. But the idea of just getting rid of those, even though I'm never going to use them again, it it, it yeah it, it oh, pains me. New stuff. This is stuff that I was thinking about work that I was working on. That those were like in the future. I might just completely for at a random time just know. Nope, clear it all. Clear it all and don't damn the river. Just let it flow. See what's wow. new is coming down the river. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever. Okay, it I'm is, gonna, it'll only I'm gonna think, be ooh. new. <laughs> I, I respect your opinion. It is a painful opinion for me to swallow. So I will move on with this conversation. You got this quote about um, your journey. You say, I didn't have to walk away from what has shaped and vitalized my life in a thousand ways because somebody somewhere bastardized and blasphemed it. I could double down on it. <laughs> I, I like the alliteration there. That's a nice touch. You didn't feel like you had to, to walk away, but you feel like you, you've doubled down on it. Oh, yeah. All, the, all that, like, should you use the word Christian? I mean, all the abuse that's done in the name of this tradition. Yeah, of course. And what's funny, people would say that to me, like, especially when I was in a in a church dealing with a, a large number of people. Like I, whenever someone would try to do that one to me, like, you don't, I mean, there's so much stuff that happens in the name of Christianity. Wait, wait, wait. I went like premier league in this. You have like three stories. I have 9,000. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like I saw that guy's private jet. You think you've seen, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, is it soiled beyond reclamation or because I would notice people would either then throw the whole thing out, but then what is your path? Mm -hmm. Or they would go find another path, which is great. Fine. It's just, they would then tell me about the great mystical tradition of X path. And they'd be like, Oh yeah, that was, by the way, that's all in the path. He just left. It has rich, it, it has, you know, or this, this path is, you know, it has earth care at the center. Yeah. 
Yep, yep. On oh, this one is about uh, this path is about we can't have a widening gap between rich and poor. Yep, that's the profits. Well, this question yeah. gives you lots of room to be intellectually rigorous and doubt and ask questions. Yeah, that's the rabbinical system. That's all in the Gospels. Um, so I was, yeah, I get the and for like for 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 many the it's lost. For my wife, it's it's too damaged, which I totally hmm. get. You know, for people like even the word God, well, I'm sure you, you you have friends who it it just it's so imprinted with stuff that was so destructive. You know what I mean? That like yeah. the words themselves, which I totally get. But um, yeah, it was like walk away or just even the Bible. It's so badass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's there's my next sermon series right, right there. There's the it's title. So how do you read some of these texts and not go? This is twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Disorient. I mean, the Psalms for this moment that we're the. You know, mm-hmm. I know you know this. So. You either like walk away, or you just go. Nah, I'm gonna st- I'm gonna stay here and go even farther in, and show mm-hmm. people there's actually an endless, rich treasure here of wisdom and insight and power hmm. for what it means to be human. Yeah, I think the question that I get the most <laughs> about you, because people know, like I, I like your work. I followed your work for uh, a long time. They always say, "Well, do you think Rob's still a Christian?" Why do you think people like to ask that question so yeah. much? Yeah, because it keeps the egoic structure in place. They're grasping, they're clinging to this identity, which keeps the ego structure in place. Look mm-hmm. at me. I'm righteous. I'm good. Look at the word I'm using. It's the very thing Jesus came to set people free from. Mm-hmm. Christian over and against non-Christian. Dividing, finding another way to divide the world. So like when Jesus says, love your enemy, if, if you actually love your enemy, you'll dissolve the category of enemy. Yeah. So if you actually take this path seriously, if you actually orient your life around the resurrected Christ and experience resurrection at like a soul cellular level and it actually shifts how you see the world and you enter into the expansion of the universe in whole new ways then what word you use to describe yourself compared to that you know what I mean I mean we can go back to first grade if you want that's fine but like Hmm. um, there's a you know what I'm talking about. If that becomes like the important question, um, I think Jesus came to set you free from the idea that that's the important question. Yeah. Um, and of course I'll use that word. I also, it's important to understand when the president says he's one of those, the word doesn't mean anything anymore. Because hmm. the, the power of language is to name something. But if you're using that word, but then have to add a bunch of things to that word so that we know what you mean then that language is no longer doing what language is supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. Get back to the butterfly here. Oh, yeah. Say, a bit like a butterfly, you can capture a butterfly and pin its wings down to study the colors and shape and design. But the moment 
that butterfly is still and you're able to make the most precise and detailed observations about that butterfly is the moment the butterfly can't fly anymore. And there's something about, yeah, that when we do that with this experience of who God is and what that means for us, it's like you've taken the life out of it. And here's a line you say later when you're getting all sciencey. So we have science Rob over here who says, no wonder all that systematic theology was interesting for a bit, but it also felt so lifeless. No wonder I felt such dissonance all those times when people wanted me to state black and white, clear and certain statements about what I believed as if there were, if that were the highest form of truth, as if that's what we're here to do, as if that's the goal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even, even, there's even this interesting line in the Gospels where Jesus says, if you hold to my teaching, then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Mm-hmm. So even when he talks about truth and he says, you'll know, and the word know there means personal experience. It's never like an abstract conceptual arrangement of how you have your cognitive furniture arranged. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a lived experience of the divine present in all of life, every square inch of life. It, this, mm. this thing got stuck in its head. Even the fact that people use the word orthodoxy with a straight face, which always kills me. Well, well you know, is this orthodox? As if you can use the word orthodox without using, like, orthopraxy. or I mean, I don't even use these words, but nevertheless, like, how you live. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, how yeah. you could even just, well, as long as you got the thinking right, as if you could divorce that from the flesh and blood incarnation of all this. Like that. It's just yeah. fascinating how this thing lost its way. So hopefully in the book, people are feeling something that's full-bodied. Mm-hmm. That heart, mind, soul, spirit, body are this exotic cocktail of enmeshment. It's all, everything's talking to everything. It's all yeah. connected. It's it's all connected. You make a fascinating point in the book, which I went and fact checked it today. To, like just to, not fact checked, but to further research on this idea <laughs> of a woman's menstrual cycle being connected to the moon. And your point is that if even our bodies—not you and I, since I, neither of us have a menstrual cycle—but you, you came from a woman. I yes, I did. So and you are deeply connected. Yeah, I mean, it was a very, very important nine plus months of my life, and very grateful for that. Wouldn't be here without it. But that is connected to the lunar cycle, that somehow where we are down here on Earth is connected to the moon. (laughs) I read that, and I thought, this is unbelievable. (laughs) How do we ever think that we're independent from all of this? Right. And that's what you're, I feel like that's where your point is, like, this, there's something more going on. The, the, the gravitational pull between planets, let alone why you don't float off this planet, because it has gravity related to its mass, and that mass is actually working on the moon, but the mass of the sun, this at a planetary level, mm-hmm. all of this is connected, literally pulling forces working mm-hmm. on each other. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which part of the book did you enjoy writing more? The part where you got to mention that you could do a split back when you were in college 
<laughs> are the part where you were describing the way that a sperm fertilizes an egg and you got to oh. include the line, but we're not talking about sex here. S E E C T S. I could hear you laughing when you wrote yeah. this. I, j- I just heard the laughter. Yeah. So the split yeah, yeah. or the, we're not talking about sect here. Oh, for sure. We're not talking about sex here because here's the original thing. Every, my first, everything is because you're a writer. So this is the sort of thing we like to talk about. The original, the very first, everything is spiritual tour. The first whiteboard began in the beginning. Mm-hmm. God created the heavens and earth. The second one with the triangular mm-hmm. whiteboard began in the beginning was a point. And mm-hmm. I did like big bang. So this book started as this idea of the third. Every, it was everything spiritual three. And I'm I was terrified. Like, no, I was like, don't make this a sperm. Wait, if, what if I just went in the beginning? Your parents had sex, and I did the whole thing <laughs> about. I thought you were going to do a whiteboard that looked like a sperm. No, I well, thought okay, that's so, well. That was good. That was going to come, but then. <laughs> well, you can. So originally, that was the. I had been thinking about that for a couple of years. Like right. that could have been the start of the book. Yeah, so originally it. it was. Originally it was the very, 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 very first version, but it was so. And it was another round of like blow your mind with all this these facts about all this. But what I kept coming back to is, no, that keeps everybody wowed on the whiteboard. But we're the whiteboard. Mm. Like, you see how you see even there, like you lean back, like you felt that. You see that that's what yeah. happened. Is all of a sudden I was like, wait. I'm the whiteboard. Everybody's the whiteboard. That's, I mean, you could do another round of the wonderful cosmic mysteries, but all that's present in us. And I could not figure out why I couldn't. So for months, I just messed around with it, but I, and then I just walked away from it because I was like, it's a nice idea, but I couldn't make it work as a book. And I, put it aside for a couple of months. I literally told friends, I think I'm done writing books. I just, it's just a whole thing. Like maybe that was just a chapter. And then my grandma used to keep cash in her bra. And I'm telling you, Luke, suddenly I'm on the porch with my grandma and realizing it was the wordlessness of grace with her that did something to me. And I just started sobbing. Like, oh, I come from these people and places that shaped me. That's why I've been doing this work for years. Because mm-hmm. I got this stuff happened and it shaped me. So, so that what if I made that the first line? My grandma used to keep cash in her bra. And then I was like, well, then I then do the porch, then do her marriage, then do dad, then do his loss. Then, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I started typing and it was like, something opened up. It was bizarre. It was unbelievably mm-hmm. emotional. And so then you can see, you the writer will appreciate this. I'm getting way into it. I'm months in and suddenly I'm like, oh my God, what if right at the end when it's like, this is where you would properly end the book, just do the whole sex thing then and just have it take off. <laughs> you see what I mean? Yeah, no. No, and, I I, I, fe- I felt like the, the cadence kind of changed. Yes. During that. And then I was like, oh, but that doesn't, that's almost like a different groove than the earlier part of the book. Yeah, that's the point. 
Mm-hmm. Just the, the book at any point, if this book finds its groove, it's not true to how life actually is, which is then it took us in this new direction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's how, yeah. It's exactly it seemed what part, you were feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seemed like there was an arc of Eileen, your grandma, right? Eileen, mm-hmm. and your dad, uh, and you, you know, work, 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 work to justify who I am. And then at the end, it's, I've got this play. It doesn't do what I want it to yes. do. Right, but right. I can't forget that it's called a play, right, which right, right. should re- right. remind you of how to handle it. Yeah, so th- and, it, and we've somehow made peace with the absurdity and uncertainty of it. We're also actually making things. We're more in the game than ever. We just, there's nothing on the line, which frees Hmm. us to actually maybe do some interesting things that might even help. Who knows? Who knows? Hmm. Well, Rob, yeah. this is this is the book. I uh, I'm really glad you wrote this one. It's a completely different one than the ones you've written before, and yeah. I'm glad that you uh, ventured. I, I've heard it said that the uh, the journey from the head to the heart is the longest journey the yeah. human can make or a human can make. Yeah, feels, I'm glad you did. It feels like the first book. It um, has a certain innocence to it. It's the first thing I've made that was like telling me we're going to have a relationship. You're not going to talk about this for a couple of weeks and then move on to the next nine projects. Just, hmm. we're going to walk together for a while. Hmm. Um, it so had, you see more stuff building on this? It's not building as much as it, the book, when I, it, it helped me own every square inch of my life. It, it, it did something to me. It was like it doesn't owe me anything. If no one ever read it, it already did wonders to me. Yeah. So now, do you want to put it out there? Do you want to go around and talk to Luke? Do you want to... Yeah, let's do that. Let's do yeah. that. It's um, been like a whole... Like starting over or something. It's been mm. very, very fascinating. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you did. Good. Good. Yeah. Thank you. That means the world. And even doing like an interview this morning, thinking I was going to talk to you, um, the joy of finding out what, how people saw themselves in it, Hmm. um, doubling down on the particulars. Um, I, I I kind of have a sense of where you come from, but the worst criticism of sermon was, Oh, Luke just told stories, right? Because there's capital truth. There's capital truth, abstract conceptual truth, and then stories are examples, sermon mm-hmm. illustrations of mm-hmm. the truth. So what that actually does is truth is a disembodied abstract thing, and then down here on earth you try to, you know what I mean? That's a cle- Hey, Pastor Luke, that, that story you told about the dog was a clever illustration, but no, the story is the truth. Hmm. Like the Bible's stories, narrative, st- stuff happening. You know what I mean? No. And something about this experience was like, no, the story's the truth. So when I hear, I'm sure you've had this this person who's just talking about their their beliefs or their statements or they're taking this position or that. I'm always like, wait, 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 where do you come from? 
why are you so cra- you're you're all cranked up about that i want to know there's a story there's a reason why you care about this there's a reason why you're passionately arguing for that you know what i mean yeah you didn't just sit in a room and think rationally and objectively and get to this supreme viewpoint that you have yeah you got hurt somebody broke your heart you yeah. fell face down you loved and lost that's how you got here so yeah. let's talk about that yeah yeah no we want to talk about the issue because in some ways the issue distances us from like yes. the actual hurt and yeah. the ache inside of yeah. the soul and yeah. so i'd rather talk about x y and z than actually what's inside of me. right yeah right and the only way forward is for us to open our hearts to each other yeah this is where I come from. This is who I come from. This is what shaped me. That's the only way forward. Yeah. Hmm. It's good. Rob, the book is good. Oh, thank you. Well done, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. It really means a lot. It really, really means a lot. Yeah. You know, the first time I interviewed you, it was um, for Zimzum. Zimzum. Oh, with Kristen? Yes, and we one were of the, like one of the, like three interviews she's ever done. So yeah, would... <laughs> either is really good or really bad. Like she doesn't want to do interviews ever again after that one. So I'm not going to draw the conclusion there. Uh, but it was uh, we were across the street from Fuller, I guess, in Pasadena. And after it was in someone's, what's his name? Your guy, he's real tall. Uh, who used oh, to? Oh, sure, 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 sure. Stratton. Stratton? Yeah, yeah. It's like his dorm room. Anyway, so. We fit, we were about to start, or we're just finishing. I forget which one it was, but you were talking about doing another "Everything Is Spiritual" tour. Like you're, gonna, we'll do everything is spiritual. Oh, sure. Two or so, like, and so like I've known like this is you always had more in the subject matter that you had to get to, and that was six seven years ago. Yeah. And yeah, I'm 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 glad you did. <laughs> yeah, there's generally a bunch of ideas rattling around in there, and eventually yeah. they get made. Yeah, give it time, it works its way out. So, well, the book is that title, Everything is Spiritual. I encourage everyone to go get a copy. Rob, this has been a pleasure, as always. Thanks for coming back. Yes, thank you. Thank you. It meant the world. Good time. Thanks for checking out Newsworthy with Norsworthy. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You are now adjourned.